0: Welcome back to the Sports Drive here on ESPN, Pensacola, 1330 AM, 99, 1FM. It is my pleasure to be joined and welcome into the program uh, Matt McCall, a former basketball coach at UMass uh, Chattanooga and also was an assistant uh, for for a while with Billy Donovan, national champion assistant coach. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, happy to have you on the program. How are you doing?
1: Sure, thank you, man. appreciate you having
0: me on. Hey, so we, we are going to... Hopefully, we'll, have, we'll see how things go. Uh, we're we're going to try to make this a, re- a regular deal, having you on to talk some college hoops in. And we're to, we'll are dabble in the NBA a little bit as well, but um, one of the first things I want to ask you is about this SEC conference. And Over the last five to ten years, it seems like the conference has just gotten better and better and better, where now it's one of the deeper conferences in, in the league. How have you seen the SEC grow when, since you were an assistant with Billy Donovan to where things are now?
1: Oh, man, I mean, I, mean, I mean, the coaching just in general, right, like Rick Barnes, you know, what he's doing at Tennessee, and now all of a sudden you're adding Oklahoma, you're adding uh, Texas into the league, but you have just absolutely outstanding coaches with John Calipari, uh, and the job that he's done at Kentucky, and, and I know Florida fans, you know, we we've always had a rival there, and uh, Nate Oates at Alabama and what he's doing there. Um, just tremendous coaches in the league. Bruce Pearl, what he's done at Auburn. I mean, uh, it's you can't even imagine the job that he's done there and, and the success they've had. So uh, we always think of the SEC as a football league. But you look at what these coaches are doing in terms of a basketball league, uh, it's second to none, no question about it.
0: Uh, Yeah, and and I think, too, the thing that's interesting is while John Calipari and Bruce are more of the, I guess, the bigger names, Rick Barnes in there as well, um, we see guys that have come from smaller schools like Nate Oates, um, even John Calipari at one point at at UMass. I mean, Todd Golden coming in from San Francisco, uh, Matt McMahon coming in from Murray State. The the development of – it's not like they're just going to get a coach because of their name. I mean, they're bringing in coaches who are – from the smaller schools and, and believe in what they've done at those smaller schools and building a program and think that they can do it at, at a higher level. And for the most part, it seems like it has worked out with, with a lot of these coaches like Nate Oates. Like I mean, Eric Musselman as well as a very good one at Arkansas too.
1: I mean, that's a, what Eric Musselman is doing in Arkansas, you know, like it, it is unbelievable. You, you know, think about um, even, you know, uh, the job that he did out at Nevada, right? Yeah. Um, all they did was win games every single day, night in and night out. And he has re-got that program out there at Arkansas. It's like back in the Nolan Richardson days. Like, and that's what everyone has been hoping for for Arkansas. And the job he's done there is unbelievable, second to none.
0: One of those coaches who is new, and, and I mentioned him, uh, is Todd, Todd Golden with – uh, your yep. al- with your alma mater at Florida, a guy that with my mom, yep. yeah, yeah. So to me, and I, I think, uh, and we, I've, I've had some audio of him, you know, in in post game the the other night after their win over Stony Brook, and even just from SEC media days, he seems like a guy that that not only knows his stuff, but is young enough where the players can relate to the coach well, and the stuff that he does seems to be a little bit more from an analytical side of things. But the way that he talks about the game, I, I think he he has a a unique passion for it, and is I think he's going to do well at Florida. I don't know what your thoughts are with Coach Golden, but where do you think the program goes with his direction?
1: Well, I think, one, he's a, he's got a tremendous amount of confidence, and I think that that is going to bleed into his players mm. and into the program. I think that's when you're going up against Bruce Pearl, John Calipari, uh, Nate Oates and those guys night in and night out in the league, to be able to have that level of confidence, I think, is is what you have to have. And I think that bleeds into his players. So um, I know that that Florida fans are excited about him. Um, They got off to a good start the other night against Stony Brook. You know, I think that game on November 18th is huge, right? Night in and night out in terms of the Florida-Florida State Mm -hmm. rivalry. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's a big one. You know, and uh, we'll we'll see where they're at uh, next Friday night. But um, I think the level of confidence that he's instilling in his players and that he exudes day in and day out, I think it's important for Florida fans.
0: How important is that relationship between a coach and a player? I know that, that if you look at it from a football perspective, the quarterback and the head coach have a unique relationship. Is there is there anything that over your coaching? Uh, tenure, you know, at Chattanooga and, and at UMass, and even going back to your time as an assistant, that relationship between a player and a coach is is, is so much more u- unique than just player and coach. How important is that off the floor uh, to help get your players' attention to not only believing you as a coach, but but also just from a camaraderie standpoint and knowing that you as a coach are there for your players.
1: Well, I think it's huge, and I think you know, you look at Colin Castleton. I mean, Colin could have left and gone anywhere. And Coach Golden, you know, did a great job, and, and Colin believed in him, and that's why he's staying, right? So um, you got to give Coach a tremendous amount of credit with regards to that, um, and that shows you that relationship that he was able to build with him in a short amount of time when he got the job. So uh, I, I think when you see that, you, you have your point guard and the guy like Kyle Lofton uh, tremendous success at St. Bonaventure. I was in the league with him for the last uh, four years. So um, I, I think when you see that and you see a guy like Castleton wanting to stay uh, at the University of Florida and play for Coach Golden, I think he's off to a great start.
0: Speaking with Matt McCall, uh, former coach at UMass at Chattanooga, won the SOCON back in 2016, also a national championship. Uh, winning assistant at the University of Florida, his alma mater. Uh, Matt joining us to talk some college hoops and a little bit of NBA as well. The The broad scope of college basketball, I mean, you've got a lot more teams, obviously, than you do in FBS football, 300 and I, I think it's 68. It may have even gone above that now with all the teams that, that, that are included now. But who is a team, wh- whether it be major or mid-major, that you think people aren't quite giving enough attention to? I know it's early in the year, but just coming into it, weren't included in the poll or something like that, or not getting the attention that maybe they should.
1: Oh, Drew, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> a little biased for the Atlantic 10. I'm a little biased. Okay. Um, I, I think there's two teams in the Atlantic 10 right now that um, could really, really make a deep run. Uh, you know, Anthony Grant, who's an assistant coach at the University of Florida with us with Coach Donovan, uh, who's at Dayton right now. His team is terrific. Uh, they didn't have a lot of expectations going into the last season. Uh, they have some expectations going into this season. Uh, but they, he is a young team that learned how to win last year. They lost some games early on in the season, uh, but ended up you know, going on a run. They beat Kansas uh, in the in NTE uh, in last November. And then I think St. Louis is another team that uh, fans need to watch out for because, Uh, You know, uh, they have a kid named Perkins who was preseason Atlantic 10 Player of the Year going into season last year, uh, tore his ACL. He's back. Jerry Collins led the nation in assists. They just have so many different pieces. So those are the two teams that that I'd keep my eye on, and I think both of them could be ranked in the top 25 at some point here. But um, I'm a little biased towards the Atlantic 10 because I was in it for the last five years. But uh, those are the two teams that i keep my eye on.
0: Speaking with Matt McCall, I, I think that, well, you know, Matt, the, the, the Atlantic 10 has always been one of those conferences that has has had teams either make runs. I mean, Dayton has always, it seems like, been, been included or around the top 25 for, it seems like, a very long time. You got Davidson in there, you know, Steph Curry, formerly in that conference, uh, the, the Abanis at St. Bonaventure were preseason top 25. VCU have made some deep runs. George Mason with one of the most infamous back in 2006 I mean the, the Atlantic 10 if you I, I don't know if you'd go as far as to say that they're the best mid-major conference but when you look at college basketball in particular there's a lot of good coaching in that conference as there is throughout throughout America but when you're talking um, NCAA tournament level coaching I mean that's one of the best mid-major conferences that we've got in college basketball.
1: Would you agree? Well, Drew, it's a it's a basketball league, Mm, and there's a lot of different styles of play night in and night out that you have to prepare for. Right? Even like Richmond, they're going to run Princeton. Right? Davidson, they're going to run motion, and and then all of a sudden you got VCU who's going to press and trap and have athletic, you know, athletes night in and night like there's you have to prepare for so many different levels of basketball. It's a basketball league. Think about this. Loyola Chicago is now coming into the league. So, you know, what an unbelievable basketball league uh, just with such tradition. St. Joe's, you know, with Coach Martelli when he was there and what he did. So um, it's just the the coaching, the tradition, it just makes it that much more fun to be a part of, no question
0: about it. Most definitely. Again, uh, speaking with Matt McCall. Uh, former college basketball coach at UMass, Chattanooga, uh, NCAA tournament appearing, Chattanooga back in 2016, uh, SOCON champions, and then assistant with the Florida Gators back when Billy Donovan was still there. Uh, one one more college thing for you, then we'll jump to the Pelicans j- j- just for a brief minute to talk about uh, Zion uh, Williamson and that crew that they've got in, in New Orleans. Summer basketball is something that had been brought up to pretty much every single coach, particularly I think in the SEC because Coach Calipari brought it up and, and has been – a guy that's really pushed for this uh, for a while now. But to get more exposure for college hoops, the idea has been floated for a summer basketball, whether it be exhibition tournament or just some games being played, kind of like a preseason tournament, if you will. Is that something that is attractive for you as a former college basketball coach and just a college basketball fan that while football is, is really king in the fall, Having a preseason tournament gives you exposure to some of these teams early on, and, and can get you maybe a little bit more excited for college hoops.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think too, you know, just the early season games, like right now, right? Like what 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 are the what are the games that we're tuned into? Um, we got to get more excitement, you know, on November seventh. There, there yeah. weren't a lot of games that were exciting. Like who who's tuning into that? Um, on a Monday night, you know, are mm-hmm. we tuning into football? Are we tuning into Monday night football? Like, mm-hmm. what's the big games? I, I, I think this, route, in my opinion, just with the length of the preseason, um, you know, how long they give us, you know, as college coaches to practice before the season, you know, add an extra, you know, an extra exhibition game, um, add an extra scrimmage make those scrimmages public, right? Everyone's like those secret mm. scrimmages, like, you know, <laughs> uh, and then it leaks out what the score was. But, man, make that public. Hey, this doesn't count, but we're going to, you know, Florida's going to scrimmage Florida Atlantic, and we're going to, you know, have fans in the building, and we're going to charge admission. But, you know, it gives a chance for uh, everyone to see the teams and, hey, we're going to work on some different things. We're going to do this, that. But um, I think I- I'm more of a fan of that. Um, but I think, you know, the start of college basketball, you know, even going back, you know, Midnight Madness used to be this big ordeal. Right. It was October 15th. We're going to have, you know, a dumb contest, we're going to have a three point contest. This is the day, and practice starts the next day. Well, that's kind of gone away, right? Because they give us so much time before the first game. Mm. So how can we create more of a buzz around college basketball? So if we're going to do all this and we're going to start, you know, practice 42 days, you know, before the first game, then that first game, man, we need to be playing quality opponents and, and creating the buzz and get some games on ESPN in the middle of college football. And that's, that's just my opinion.
0: Yeah. And uh, there to. To a certain extent, I think we get some of it. You know, with the with the Maui Invitational and some of these other tournaments that 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 go on. But still, from for the for the most part, th- those are put to the side because people are still focused on football. I don't know if it's a promotional thing that ought to be done. I, I mean, I remember I don't I don't think it was a part of Midnight Madness, but it was something like that where games would be played at, at six a.m. And 4 a.m. and yes, 2 a.m. Yes, I mean, yes, it was all yes. night long. It was like from
1: it was the it was the college basketball madness. It was yeah. a 24-hour deal, and everyone started to get excited about basketball. Right. And I think stuff like that, they gotta bring that back somehow. I I, mean, I think that was that was
0: awesome. I think it was a couple of years ago when they ended it, and I was very, di- very, very, d- very disappointed because I, I am a, I'm a college basketball junkie. I mean, I, I went to Butler for God's sake, and the only, re- the only reason I knew about them was from college basketball, anyways. I mean, I born and raised in Indianapolis, had no idea who they were until it's like, who, who's this like college basketball team? And it's like, oh, they're based here in Indianapolis. No way. So, uh, but, a- but anyways, I mean, and, and that goes back to you know the, the Atlantic Ten. There's people who don't even know these schools exist outside of college basketball, yeah. and, and it's such a beautiful sporting a beautiful game, and again, Matt McCall speaking with uh, him now, and a pleasure to have him on the show. Transitioning to the NBA real quick, the Pelicans okay. have a super-duper talented roster, um, and, and we'll focus on the yep. Pelicans here, because that that, te- that that is the team here, it seems to be, in, in the area, and um, I've tried to talk a little bit more about them here. Zion being really good, of course, you get Brandon Ingram in there, CJ McCollum comes in, and they've got a young nucleus, but... Guys that have some really high level talent. You get Willie Green in as head coach, and he's shown what he can do with how they ended last year. Is there, and the West is so competitive, Matt. Is there anything that you think the Pelicans need to do from a basketball perspective in order to make the playoffs outright as opposed to just being stuck in the playing and having to play some extra games to to even get into that, the two of the playoffs?
1: Well, I think that's true, first off. Um, I I don't think Brandon Ingram gets enough credit I think he has tremendous character Um, I I think he's not only a terrific talent but I think he's all about the right things obviously Zion's dealing with all these different expectations of you know what he did and his, his reputation coming through high school and all that so he has that on him but um, you know, you add C.J. McCollum into that mix, which is another high-character guy, I think there's no question they're a playoff team. You know, I think that the expectations that are placed on Zion, he has to manage that. Who can help him manage that? But, man, I'll, I'll tell you what, and I recruited him a little bit when I was at Florida, and I'll never forget this about Brandon Ingram. Uh, when I was at Chattanooga, we made the NCAA tournament. Uh, because we won the SoCon uh, conference tournament, Brandon In- Ingram was one of the first mm. people that texted me and said, "Congratulations, coach!" Wow! Just because I recruited him while I was at Florida, and like just the, like that is high, high character. And I don't think a guy like that gets enough credit, um, you know, for for who he is and the talent level that he has. I mean, that was that was big time for him to do that. So I think there's no question they're a playoff team. Again, I think you know Zion managing the expectations that have been placed for him, placed on him. Um, so we'll see where they end up. But you know, I I, I just, I'm, I'm rooting for him. And again, a guy like Brandon Ingram, man, it's it's hard not to root for a guy like that.
0: Oh yeah, it, 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 it's something that you know you're going to remember forever. Probably is that it, he had you know the time he he took the time and and to. To, to text you back. It goes to show you, the, you know, the character of these guys that, that, and not that he's had a bad light on him, but I'm with you. I think that he's one of the players. I mean, he got selected high in the draft, didn't work out from in LA, but I mean, everything is really, and I don't, do you, do you think that, I mean, obviously when, you know, he, he texted you and everything like that, I, you know, congratulating you, but do you think his move to new Orleans didn't necessarily humble him, but it gave him an opportunity to showcase that leadership and say, Hey, I can be the guy to rally the troops a little bit. I can be the one to motivate the team yeah. and really elevate them to where we can get to.
1: Well, I think no question. And I, and again, back to his character, you know, I, I mean, being in LA, you're in the spotlight. I mean, LeBron's dealing with, I mean, Russell Westbrook's dealing with it right now, right? I mean, everyone's mm, yeah. down on him. And um, I mean, you're talking about a guy that was a former MVP, right? I mean, being in that spotlight, uh, I mean, there's a lot to deal with, but, Brandon Ingram, what a high character guy. I think the Pelican fans need to embrace him. Um, you know, and I think he's the guy on that team that can push them over the top. I think he's got the character piece, like we talked about, and I think he has the talent piece as well. I mean, you know, everyone compared him to Durant coming out of, of college, you know, right, wrong, and different, but he's, he could be that good. He could be that good, and uh, I'm excited to see where it ends up.
0: Matt McCall, appreciate the time, man. I uh, I, I loved our conversation, and hopefully we we uh, can keep this a regular thing and, and be consistent with it. Uh, appreciate the time. You have a good one, and look forward to talking some more college basketball with you down the stretch as the season continues.
1: Drew, thanks, man. Looking forward to it.